for as long as I can remember. I have had a passion for helping others live into their potential. My goal is to share some practical knowledge from the world of performance psychology and wisdom from my own experiences to bring personal growth to you right where you are. Come on in. I'm Kayla, the coach next door. Hi everyone, it's Kayla, the coach next door, and I am back with a guest. Um, It's the first time I've done an interview in a little while, but I have a fan favorite back, Dr. Hannah Bennett, and today she and I are going to be talking about self-care, partially in the context of stress management, but also just more broadly, what is self-care and uh, and how we can incorporate it into our lives. So, uh, hi, Hannah. <laughs> it's good hi, to have you back. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to be back. It's I loved recording our last one, so I'm so happy to do this one. Good. Well, we're we're definitely glad to have you back. And um, it's so funny. I was just telling Hannah before we started recording that um, she actually posted something on social media, which was what her last episode was about. Um, she posted something about self care, and I had been wanting to incorporate self care into the conversation that we've been having about stress management and so I reached out and asked if she wouldn't mind talking about self-care since clearly it was something that was also on her mind so uh to dive on in I feel like self-care has gotten maybe it's just you know I've been more focused on it but I feel like it's gotten a lot of attention lately and I want us to start off with talking about what does self-care actually mean Yeah, I would definitely agree that self-care seems to be one of those words that just gets thrown around and be like, oh, take care of yourself, self-care, self-care is so important. But the way I look at self-care is really taking the time to put yourself first. Um, And that doesn't have to be like a very long activity. I was thinking about some ways that people utilize self-care in ways that I don't utilize self-care. So for instance, a a big one could be that some people need to take a five-day cruise as as like their self-care. But that's not realistically something that I could do. Um, So that actually would not be a good self-care activity for me. Whereas I could like take a walk with my dogs or something and that'll be kind of my example of of self-care. So anything that you do that really puts yourself first and not saying that you're leaving others behind, but it's like you're not leaving yourself behind. Like you can help others, but you also have to help yourself. Um, so that's kind of how I would define self-care, would be putting yourself first and not forgetting yourself. I like that. Um, I particularly like not leaving yourself behind. That's great. Um, and I, I completely agree that self-care is going to look different for each person. And um I, it's so funny when you think about, um, like you were saying, some people it might be a five-day cruise, or I feel like I always see self-care posts that have to do with things like taking a bubble bath. And like, honestly, for me, taking a bubble bath is not that relaxing because... <laughs> I'm the same. <laughs> it's, it's a hassle to get the bathtub filled with water. I... I only enjoy it for like the first couple of minutes while the water is hot, 
there are so many other things that I would rather do <laughs> for self-care. Well, uh, I, I agree because like I, just, I feel like I have this debate with people like why like what's the purpose of baths and uh, people are like, oh, it's so relaxing for my muscles. And I was like, I just, I get so bored. Like, you have to wait, like, you're in the mood for a bath. Then, like you said, you have to wait. And then the water gets, like, tempid and it's just, I don't know. Maybe we're just not doing baths correctly. Uh, but may, Maybe. <laughs> but I'm in agreement with you on that one. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, not wanting to leave yourself behind as the idea here, but more broadly, why do you feel like it's important for us to practice self-care? Well, if you look at some of what the research talks about when it comes to self-care, uh, there's a lot of benefits. I know we talked about um, bringing up the stress management portion of it, and it really goes beyond that, too. I mean, it definitely helps with stress, man- stress management a great deal. But when we start to think about taking care of ourselves and putting our needs first, um, or like I said, not just not leaving yourself behind. Um, we tend to see things like increased energy, um, improved patience, greater productivity, both in your work and in your personal life, um, a feeling of self-awareness and self-fulfillment. Um, you have a lot stronger mental and physical well-being. Um, and, and again, these are like with the different types of self-care, like different categories, you can do something in all sorts of, in all the different types of self-care to kind of fulfill uh, these needs. So I think it's kind of about picking and choosing um, what works well for your self-care because then all of those different activities can be more holistic and comprehensive to your well-being. I hate to see people look at it as this way of, like being selfish, because that's not how I see self-care. Um, self-care is really about putting, like making yourself a priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things that, um, to kind of tag along with that, that I, I feel like self-care is you have to fill up your own cup before you can pour out of it into others. It's like the analogy that I've heard that's resonated with me is that, it's really hard to be, like you were saying, patient and empathetic and perform at your highest level if you haven't worked on filling up your own cup, so to speak, or mm-hmm. you know, re-energizing yourself in some way. There are things that just inherently give us more energy or drain us of more energy, and if we don't focus on the things that give us that energy back, then we don't have it to give to the things we have to give energy to. So I think that that's a really great reason why practicing, uh, you know, self-care is so important beyond just stress management. Um, I mean, particularly with stress management, do you find that there's any specific benefit in that area or is it just kind of overarching for you? Well, for me, I think in the things that I choose to prioritize with self-care, I would definitely say it helps with my stress. Um, exercising is going to be one of my big go-tos. I really enjoy doing it. Um, and I don't look at it as like an extra job, so to speak, where some people are like, I need to go exercise. I like to phrase that as like, I get to go exercise because exercise makes me happy. And when I'm happy, I'm less stressed. Um, it's like that, what is it? The Elwood's quote, 
exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins <laughs> make you happy. Have people don't kill their husband. <laughs> so that's how that's kind of how I view um, that aspect of stress management when it comes to exercise because exercise is my I don't say main form of self care, but for physical self care, definitely is um, high on my priority list. And exercising at the end of it, I do feel less stressed, and I feel like I'm ready for what has to come next or what does come next, whether it's work or a meeting or, you know, trying to email students about late assignments or something. (laughs) So, uh, because exercise for me is part of my self-care also, and I I think that part of it is the physical release like you're talking about. Like I talked about how stress manifests in our body and how you need to kind of trick your body into thinking that it's overcome the stressor by doing something that normally you would do in response to a like stressful thing in prehistoric times. Like, you know, if, if you're equating it to, uh, you're running away from a bear, let's say like how our ancestors, like that's why they had their stress response. And then we go out and exercise. It kind of tricks your body into like, Oh, I dealt with the stressor. And so it gives us that sense of relief. But also, I think, at least for me, and probably for you too, you have a chance to go inward and really have the, the thoughts that you don't get to have normally. That like, <laughs> when we're distracted all day long or we're busy doing stuff at work, it's really hard to focus on the things that we want to think about or that mm-hmm. we... Uh, might need to like work through in our brains and I think that that's why exercise is so at least therapeutic for me is like it really gives you that time to be with your thoughts and kind of process your way through them um, and in a non-distracted way and so you know like for for us that might look like exercise but for someone else that might look like taking a bath I suppose (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I I would definitely echo that because I actually tell my students when it comes, I do the stress management portion of the class at the end of the semester for that specific reason. We talk about burnout and stress and um, when they're getting ready for finals and I tell them, I was like, if you have an exercise routine, I was like, you should keep that because that is something that you do for yourself and something that you need to remember is that it's for you. So don't take your notes for your final exam to a place that is supposed to be a stress reliever for you. Mm-hmm. Um, because people, I, I, I mean, I feel like I did it in undergrad. I was like, oh, I got to take these notes, but I also got to exercise. That doesn't relieve any stress. That, And I would argue that it might actually create more anxiety while you're trying to exercise to reduce stress, but you're trying to study so you can do well in school. The exercise is very therapeutic because you get to be with yourself. You get to address all those thoughts that you had or want to have during the day that maybe you don't have time for. And we don't want to mix the two different things, one that causes anxiety and one that is supposed to reduce anxiety. Yeah, exactly. We're, t- we're talking now about exercise. Um, and what are some of your other favorite ways to practice self-care? Um one of the things that I really love doing is um, re-watching TV shows that I've watched in the past. So I'm a big fan of like The Office, Parks and Rec, and Friends. Those are my mm-hmm. go-tos. Um, and I think it's because it gives me comfort uh, because I've seen them before. I'm not having to worry about what happens next. I mean, there's a lot of embarrassing and funny moments that happen on the shows, but I'm, I'm ready for them. 
but I love rewatching things. I also love rewatching um, like the Harry Potter series, uh, things that I could put on back to back to back. Um, another really big one of mine is crossword puzzles. I've always really been into those. It actually was a helpful, I want to say a catalyst, but also a stress reliever when I was writing a lot um, because I couldn't get focused. And so I would do a crossword puzzle. Uh, I would do a couple of them and just kind of get my brain moving and not, I think it was because I was not focused on, well, what do I have to start with with writing? What does my outline have to look like? What am I missing? Do I have enough references? I was just like, just get your mind moving when it comes to um, just creativity. And so I have a, a stack of crossword puzzles, a hard copy ones that I can just write in. Um, and I love doing that. So when I was doing some, some research for this, and I was looking up the different um, different types and kind of where, where my preferences lie. Um, I didn't even think about this when it came to professional self-care. But one, mm-hmm. of the, one of the big things that I love doing is attending conferences. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I feel, I, mean, I remember at the end of every conference, I'm always like, oh, I just feel so rejuvenated. Like I'm going to go like, you know, bring the noise and do all the things that I want to do and just make a bunch of change. And that one I realize is, is super big for me when it comes to uh, professional self-care. One that I think that you and I both do um, would be things like meal prepping. Mm-hmm. I look at meal prep as like just a weekly thing that helps me prepare um, because it's very practical and that would fall under that practical self-care. Um, and then I'm also really big into friendships and relationships and trying to maintain those. So having zoom sessions or I've been so fortunate actually this past month, apparently everyone was born in July in my family. So (laughs) we have had, um, I want to say seven different like Facebook messenger video chats um, with my mom's side of the family to wish someone a happy birthday. Um, and it doesn't have to be long. I think my sister's birthday, um, what, so it was three days ago, and I think we got on there, and we were on there for like 15 minutes. But, you know, those types of things just, it makes me feel feel good, like that social connection. It makes me feel that um, I still have a purpose, that there are people that love me and value me, and um, that makes me feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that those trying to think of, I mean, sometimes I also just don't like to do anything mm-hmm. and some people don't look at that as a form of self care. But in reality, if you're, I mean, it, look at our society, we are go, go, go all the time. So just like sitting down and not having your phone out and not um, answering text messages, not looking at your phone, even just shutting it off is something that I've had to um, be okay with. And once it is off and I have like maybe like two or three minutes of anxiety, after that, it's kind of like, maybe I like, don't want to talk to you right now. And I'm okay with, you know, sitting here with my dogs. Yeah. Like my, my two dogs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's so funny because I think that, it, that that's really important to, to look at. Because like we were saying kind of at the beginning of the episode, I think that there's almost like a misperception that self-care has to look like the typical things that you would think of like funny enough I text Hannah the other day I was like oh I'm getting a massage hashtag self-care like but you know things like getting a massage taking a hot bath even exercising to some extent I feel like 
very often get categorized as self-care and then we forget to broaden our perception of what self-care is into those other areas of our life like our professional self-care and even doing things like you're talking about like doing a crossword puzzle just to get your like the creative juices flowing uh, recognizing that those are also ways to take care of yourself and like fill your cup and make you feel more energized is so important because I think it can become overwhelming to think like oh my gosh to do self-care I have to go get a massage every week and that is unrealistic and not beneficial for a lot of people. Um, I, I really like that you, you know, kind of took like a holistic look at what you incorporate for self-care in all kinds of parts of your life. Well, and I think it's really good, like you said, to kind of broaden what our view of self-care is. Because if we only look at it as the certain things that, ironically, that we see on social media that people post, I mean, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too. Like uh, every month I go get my, my toes done, get my pedicure, and I'm like, I look forward to that every month. I think it's so wonderful. Um, but some people, they they look at that and they're like, that's not, that doesn't seem like relaxing to me. And that's fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. And I guess one of the big takeaways I would say is that figuring out what self-care means to you and what activities really um, energize you and make you feel good about yourself and um, just make you happy. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is how are you making yourself happy? What are things that you're doing that are making yourself happy? Um, Many of those activities are going to fall within any sort of these, any one of these categories with self-care. And it doesn't have to be like super intense. Like I said at the beginning, like people think that that five-day vacation is what you need to have self-care. I don't know the last time I took a five-day vacation. (laughs) Um, I think like... Otto and I take trips, like weekend trips somewhere, and that that's fun, and I feel good about that. Um, but it, like some people find like organizing their inbox for their emails is uh, very relaxing and makes them feel like they have control over something, and it's um, a, a form of self-care. It's part of their routine. Um, and some people are, are those other people that like to have where your e- email says 3,485, and... I'm one of those people where that would probably cause a lot of stress. <laughs> <laughs> but other people just, it's its not that big of a deal. So they'll find something different. Like uh, they could practice gratitude. They could meditate. If you're um, big into spiritual or religious self-care, I mean, attending a weekly worship is a lot of people's routine. And like volunteering. I volunteer a lot. I find that very fulfilling. And there's actually a lot of research about volunteering being a good form of self-care as well. Because uh, it helps you with self-awareness and uh, the act of giving but not receiving in return. Um, there's there's so many things that people could do without broadening our perspective. Like you said, um, you really get pigeonholed into thinking like these are the only things that you can do to practice self-care. And that's just yeah. bogus. Right. Um, so when you were talking about how when you have the opportunity to connect with friends or family and that that's part of your self-care I mean that in no way surprises me me knowing you because I know that you are absolutely an extrovert and that that inherently means in and of itself that you get energy from being around other people (laughs) and so that's I think a really important part of self-care is knowing 
yourself and taking that time to kind of figure that type of thing out. I know one of the things that I did early on in um, this whole COVID mess was I made myself a joy list and I like basically just wrote everything whether it was something I could actually do right then or not, I made a list of every everything I could think of that brings me joy. And so my goal was while this like crazy time was going on and like you could very easily could get lost in the negativity of it was that I was going to do something on that list intentionally every day. And some of them are, you know, a little bit more extravagant things like trying a new restaurant or have you know having a really nice meal out to dinner but then some of them my husband even laughed at because he read it and he was like uh getting into bed with clean sheets is on your joy list that's (laughs) but that's like one of that's awesome i love that one (laughs) that brings me the most joy is getting into bed when you have oh if you have like freshly shaved legs and clean sheets oh my gosh that's amazing and it's (laughs) It brings me joy for like probably more amount of time than it should. But to <laughs> me, that's that's a really good thing to know to have some self-care at the end of a hard day. I can just go change the sheets on the bed. Like That's so easy. So I think taking the time to do something like that can have some really great benefits, especially like if you are having a hard day or you're feeling energy depleted, you can go back to that and say like, okay, what's something really easy on this list that I can do quick, easy, and like feel better. Yeah. I really like that you made that list. Cause like you said, if you're having a really bad day, sometimes you're just like, what is going to make me feel better? Like, I can't think of anything. This day is terrible. But if you have something already written, like it could be that simple as changing your sheets. Like right. it's, <laughs> Honestly, like, I, I I love that one. And I completely agree. It is this magical. Yes. <laughs> oh, so I feel like we could talk about things that we love for self-care <laughs> for a long time. But um, I want to backtrack a little bit to uh, what you were saying about the perception that some people might have about self-care being selfish or... Um, I know before we even started recording, we were talking about some of the other barriers that come up when people try to implement a self-care routine. So um, tell me a little bit about the barriers that you find that you have or that other people might have, and then how do we go about overcoming those barriers? So the I remember the big one that really came up right beforehand was my personal guilt. So I, and I struggle with this, consistently and honestly overcoming it is is still a big uh, hurdle for me um so like i said before this week right now is the week in between summer semester and when faculty report back for the fall semester um so this week i was like i'm going to take this week off i'm going to just do nothing um but then i was gone out of my house for three hours today and I had 32 emails when I got back. And I felt so guilty because I, could, I didn't respond to them like, in a timely manner. Or these are students that are really freaking out about the fall. Like, are they registered for classes? Do they have their internship ready? Do they have you know, their CPR certification? And I just felt guilty that I was more worried about myself and you know, just taking some time with 
my old blind dog taking her to PetSmart so she could s- smell all the dog food. Um, like, in my mind, it's like, that's so silly. But then, but then I also struggle with what's well, so silly that I feel guilty that I can't take half a day when technically we are on what I would consider my summer break, um, this whole week being my summer break. So guilt is something that I feel like a lot of people struggle with. And it's ironic. So you said this earlier about you can't pour from an empty cup. Um, I actually wrote that in my notes. That's one of the things that I repeat to myself to remind myself that it's okay. That if, if I'm not fulfilled, then I'm not going to be able to do my job effectively. Why do I feel guilty about wanting to take a week off when I have been working all summer? And people take weeks off um, in general, like people that aren't in the school system. So why do I feel guilty about that? And again, it's something that I really struggle with a lot, but I try to remind myself of that you can't pour from an empty cup mantra uh, because I really do think it's important. I would say the, the other one, and I think of my sister when I think of this, and not in a negative way. Um, I just wish that she, she would be, focus on self-care a little bit more for herself. Um, but her natural instinct is to take care of other people. And so if you have a personality of a caretaker, um, we see this a lot with parents who put their children first, um, but to the, to the point where they, they stop caring about themselves, um, stop doing things that um, you know might bring them a little bit more happiness. Yeah. It's the- funny you, you say that. The, so working in the healthcare industry, you see burnout – and um, uh, uh, compassion fatigue, that's the word I'm looking for, so much with nursing staff because the people who typically go into nursing are that caretaker mentality, like that's just like their natural predisposition, and then that's all they do all day long at work, and the burnout rates in healthcare professionals is like, super super high because of it it's it's the same thing being in that caretaker headspace doesn't really Mm -hmm. allow you to take care of yourself and I feel like it's hard to sometimes separate that um like so my sister's a therapist and uh I mean at Southern we took a lot of counseling classes also and I can I can hear a lot of uh caretaker in her voice even when, you know, things aren't going well with her or she'll deflect and say, you know, oh, but it's OK. Like, how are you doing? Like, what can how can I help you or how are things going with you? And I have to purposefully um, redirect the conversation to be like, I want to talk about you. I want to know how are things going with you? How is how is your mental health? Uh, she, she just started working out with a, a trainer virtually. It's like, how is all that going? How, um, like, how are you doing taking care of yourself? And uh, sometimes she just doesn't want to talk about it, but I feel like almost as like a necessity, like it's almost my, I don't say job, but I feel like a responsibility to make sure that the people that I love are, you know, loving themselves also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Anything else with barriers or how you feel like maybe we can overcome those barriers of guilt or um, caretaking or- so the, the third, I had three. The third one that I had was that, um, is that we tend to see like that, so not like that equal sign, uh, where self-care equals being lazy. Mm. And 
So that could be one of the reasons people neglect self-care is because, well, they don't want people to think that they're lazy for, you know, sitting on the couch and scrolling on their phone and, you know, rewatching New Girl. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's just a silly mentality to have because self-care is not lazy by any means. And, and this is another one that I struggle with. Um, and something I try to remember to remind myself is that um, you can still love what you do. So I can still love being a teacher and I can still love working with athletes and exercisers, but I can also need a break. And it's, it's super important to remember that just because you want to take a break, it doesn't mean you're neglecting your other responsibilities. It means that you've neglected yourself enough that now you need to show yourself some compassion. Um, so I would say that with the idea that self-care is lazy can be one of the biggest hurdles that some people can face because they don't want to be perceived as lazy, um, mm. which is unfortunate because I don't view self-care as lazy at all. Yeah, no, I definitely identify with that. Even because yesterday was a Sunday and my husband was working and he like got home from work and was like, hey, how was your day? And I was like, oh, good. I was really productive. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Um, I didn't focus on the fact that like I did like you, I re love rewatching shows or watching really mindless TV. So I did that for like half of the day, but then the other half of the day, I felt like I needed to make up for the other half by doing productive things. And so that's what I decided to focus on. And I wasn't like, oh yeah, I sat and watched five episodes of Real Housewives. No, I was like, oh, I did this and this and this and this chores around the house because I think that that's what society or, you know, something from our childhood or whatever tells us to value. And so I know I fall into that trap all the time of needing to feel productive. But then you, you know, like we've been saying, you get to the point of being productive all the time. And then you like get to a breaking point and you have to like not do anything yeah. in order to revitalize and like that I don't think that that's good to have to get to that point ever so making sure that self-care is incorporated regularly and intentionally and not mm -hmm. as a last resort or because you get to some sort of breaking point yeah there's someone that I work with she has a hard and fast rule that she doesn't do any work work unless it's like maybe like writing for um just because she wants to, but like no grading or sending students emails or replying to emails on the weekends. She has that boundary that she doesn't step over and it, it protects her from working too hard or, you know, bringing all the work home. And I feel like sometimes we forget that the weekend exists to rest. And they're like, no, like you said, I was productive for half of my Sunday. Whereas, you know, the other half I felt guilty about, which mm -hmm. is so silly because it's a Sunday and it's, and I, and I, I'm with you though. Cause I was the same way. Cause I also did organizing stuff around the house yesterday and I'm just, mm -hmm. I felt guilty by like just sitting on the couch and watching TV when in reality, that's what I wanted to do. Right. So, I mean, how, how, because obviously this is something that both of us are, are challenged with, like, how do we change that? I'm sure that we're not the only people out there who have this 
So how, how do you go about making that change or what, what's worked for you? I think for me, it's the consistency, um, and having that, I, I don't say like routine, but my go-to activities that I, um, that I choose for my self-care, like my crossword puzzles I actually keep by my bed and I try to do them at night, um, just as kind of a, a relaxation tool, um, which is interesting because it also helps me like begin productivity, but I feel like it serves a dual purpose. Um, but I feel like consistently trying to implement that, uh, it's, a, a, it comes back to me thinking about how we teach athletes about these uh, mental skills It's about practice and we need to implement and practice as often as possible uh, so that it becomes a routine. So then it's not making sure that you do it, but if you don't do it, it feels off uh, because it becomes part of who you are and part of your, um, just part of your daily life. Um, so for us, like with exercise, um, that's something that, is part is part of our our daily life. It's just it's we make time for it, um, and something that I've gotten better at doing is in my calendar for work. I actually put the days or the times that I'm going to exercise, uh, like the classes that I'm going to go to, so I know that I've blocked that time out. Uh, that's how I feel like for me consistency with making sure that I don't because we tend to give up ourselves first when it comes to what do we have to slash away from our life in order to be more productive. And I think implementing and keeping that self-care routine or self-care schedule can be really helpful. Um, I also know that some people in academia have actually um, negotiated self-care in their contracts. Um, so if they, um, like going to conferences as part of like, professional self-care that's part of their negotiation every semester or every year so that they know that they get to go to two conferences um one each semester just to be with your people and you know revitalize yourself um that's cool um i i agree i think making it a habit so that like you were saying it feels weird if you're not doing it um and then that's awesome that, that people have incorporated it into the norm in the workplace. And now because I, I supervise people, I really want to make sure the people that I oversee have a good work-life balance and participate in self-care. So I think if you are in a position to create that culture in the workplace, that, that it almost like gives you your employees permission to take that time, like you were saying with your coworker who like doesn't do any, like doesn't check anything on the weekend. I think that incorporating that culture in the workplace, especially, because I think that that's where a lot of the guilt comes from potentially. Um, when we're talking about having guilt uh, around self-care, I think that if you can, if it can become part of the culture that's cultivated, then it becomes just natural and every every day it's not anything weird or out of the ordinary yeah and then i mean i think about what you're all the things that you're saying and thinking about what self-care does in terms of like your mental health like when we think about greater productivity we want productivity from our from our workers if, if you're a supervisor we want to make sure that we are still um you know doing our job and doing it effectively but by 
implementing and creating that that culture of of self care within your working environment, that's going to in and of itself be uh, be super helpful when it comes to productivity because they know that you care about them as people as opposed to them as just workers. And I actually have tried to implement that in my sports side class with my students. I actually give them a self um, a self care assignment over the course of a semester. And they have to provide me with four different ways in which they practice self-care throughout the semester. Um, I tend to get all the assignments toward the end when it's <laughs> like finals week. But, but some students really do appreciate the fact that there's, a, there's someone who cares about them as more than just uh, someone paying money for an education. Like they're actual humans. Like we do expect a lot and I do expect a lot from my students. Um, and I do hold them to that that standard, but I also really care about them as growing individuals who are going to contribute to society. Because if they don't know how to take care of themselves when they leave college, how are we ex- going to expect them to be, you know, productive members of society? How we're we're already pushing them to work, you know, forty to eighty hours a week, and like they've never been able to practice self care. They just like you said at the beginning here, it kind of is like a buzzword and just a word that's thrown around. So I'm trying to implement it at at an age where they might not realize what they're doing is self-care, but I want them to continue some of those practices and recognize how beneficial it is for them before they don't have, you know, a professor telling them, this is self-care, continue doing this. Right. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I... I'm sure that they appreciate it. The ones that actually participate, I'm sure really appreciate it. Um, And that's awesome. I think that you're right. I think it's a skill just like anything else. And like you were also saying, it's something that has to be practiced. And um, the more that we can practice it and incorporate into our everyday life, the more we're going to see the benefits and the more it's going to become a habit that just happens naturally. And uh, you don't even have to think about which is the goal. So any last thoughts or tidbits about self-care before we wrap things up? Um, so I will say the key word for self-care is the you factor. Um, you have to figure out what's best for you. If you don't like running and you want to make running part of your self-care, I feel like that is counterproductive. Um, so for instance, you know that I don't like to run. And I know that you like to run. So if you were to ask me to go on a run with you as like a stress reliever, I'd probably say, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> so I really think it, people need to focus on themselves when it comes to self-care. It's okay what everyone else is doing, but really figure out you know, what works for you and then do it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Hannah, for joining me to talk about self-care i loved that conversation and hopefully all of the listeners did too i will be posting in the show notes hannah's uh uh instagram handle so you can follow all of her cool stuff and um thanks again for being on with me thanks kayla this was super fun i'm so excited (laughs) (laughs) me too And this is Kayla, the coach next door. Thanks for listening.